Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am super excited that you guys are here with us today. As per usual, I have my amazing co-host from the other side of the pond with me, Mr. Dean Holland. How are you today, man? <laughs> I am awesome. Even better now that you called me your amazing co-host. You're in a good mood today. Or, oh, or did I? Let me, let's go back and re-edit that. Uh, sorry <laughs> about that, folks. I didn't mean to... Uh, to bring you false alarm this morning. Uh, Dean, I'm so sorry. Let's just restart. (laughs) Told you no drinking before lunchtime. (laughs) Right. It's early morning for me. There's nothing wrong with whiskey in my tea. Is there? Isn't that something that you guys do? (laughs) (laughs) I can't say we put whiskey in tea, no, but uh, we drink whiskey and tea. Maybe oh, not right. the same cup. <laughs> <laughs> Irish coffee. I don't know. Maybe I'm... So, um, so Dean, uh, how are uh, how are things going with you, man? Yeah, no, I'm awesome. Uh, really looking forward to today's show as well. Yeah, so I am too. We've got uh, we've got a really interesting guest here with us today. He's done a lot of study and uh, development in the field of artificial intelligence and the Internet of Things um, and marketing automation in general. And when uh, when we first connected, and I saw that we'd have the opportunity to interview him, I was like, Yeah, that I think that could be a really interesting conversation. So, uh, so today uh, we are joined by Magnus Unmeyer. Um, Magnus, how are you today, man? I'm uh, excellent, and thank you very much for inviting me to the show. Absolutely, happy to have you. So, um, I have so many questions that I want to ask you, but before I get into any of it, first thing I want to know is: anytime somebody becomes truly obsessed with something, as it seems that you have, I always want to know why and how that happened. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your? passion and your uh, sort of obsession for automation and how that led into, you know, artificial intelligence and things like that? Mm-hmm. I think it is uh, due to uh, two reasons. One is uh, because it is so incredibly interesting and uh, the benefits are so great. Uh, the other one is that I have been in the uh, international software industry for well over 20 years and I have been working mostly in what is uh, called the Internet of Things uh, industry or um, Actually, the, the semiconductor and microprocessor chip industry, uh, developing and selling uh, technology for the development of interconnected uh, devices. The last 10 years or so, I have been the, the vice president of, of sales and marketing. And for a fairly small high-tech company, uh, marketing automation uh, became a very good tool to reach a lot of customers in, in uh, all sorts of countries. So I became very interested in uh, in marketing automation and and also coming from the software industry, uh, software assisted marketing uh, feels quite natural. Since I'm very interested in uh, in software still, even though I've been uh, in the marketing side of things for twenty years, 
um, artificial intelligence obviously was uh, just too interesting to uh, to ignore. So I started to read a lot about AI and uh, started to think about how to combine autonomous decision-making and insights harvested by AI algorithms and use that to drive marketing automation logic. Making this story a little bit shorter, uh, I just uh, ended up with uh, launching a book on that subject in June this year. So um, I've tried to um, summarize most of my findings uh, from the last few years of research into this book. So with, with AI, right, there's a lot of talk about AI right now. And where does AI have a place for the the smaller to mid-sized entrepreneur who is, you know, you know, trying to figure out more about their customers, who's trying to, you know, reach them more effectively, advertise more effectively. Is AI uh, still at a point where it's reserved for, you know, the bigger companies and people who have super deep pockets? Or are there applications that can be used for even the smaller guys? There are uh, certainly applications that can be used uh, for uh, for small businesses as well. Um, while some of the more advanced tools are a little bit uh, more enterprise grade and uh, with a price tag to go with that. So I think that we can uh, safely say there are AI tools um, for marketing in pretty much every corner of the marketing industry, and they do all sorts of things with, uh, with different price tags as well. So uh, I, I think that uh, in just a couple of years, most small businesses will be able to use AI-powered marketing, um, even though they may not be aware of it, because AI will be hidden inside the marketing automation tools they use to improve their efficiency but you will not need to worry about how AI works to make use of those capabilities. So give me an example. Like, Tell me, tell me how you see some of that application happening. There are um, many different applications, but uh, if you focus a little bit about AI tools for smaller companies, so uh, there are many chatbot development tools currently that uses at least partly AI to build the chatbot functionality that you can integrate into your website, or you can build a Facebook Messenger chatbot, for example, with really low-cost tools today. Uh, email marketing is another area where I suspect you will be able to use AI quite uh, quite cheaply. So, for example, a common task for AI in marketing uh, will soon be individualized or personalized email send times. So if you send a batch of 100,000 emails to 100,000 leads, you will probably not do that all at the same time in the future, but rather the email marketing software will send one email at 100,000 times to optimize the, the most likely uh, send time to, to um, get the highest open rate. Right. So that's just a couple of, couple of examples. There are already ad, uh, ad uh, optimization tools for Google AdWords, for example, where they use AI to predict the, how, how to, to um, set up the Google AdWords system to, to uh, get the best return of investment for your ad budget. Do you uh, do you think that AI will ever be advanced enough to uh, replace Dean as my co-host so that he'll actually speak on the show? Since you actually run the best podcast in the world, I think that is uh, unlikely. <laughs> it appears our reputation uh, is gone international already. <laughs> it appears that it has. <laughs> but I do uh, have some breaking news, James. I haven't actually been on one of our shows for six months. <laughs> Is this actually is this actually even you here today? <laughs> um, I cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> Joking aside, there are already quite interesting AI tools that leverage spoken voice for analysis. For example, to understand the, the sentiment of, of customers calling into a call center, there are AI tools that understands what the customer 
uh, in Thames, uh, when we call the, the customer support center and uh, uh, such AI robots can then augment the customer service agent and provide likely answers by, by harvesting information in, uh, in an FAQ database, for example. Uh, there are even uh, AI tools that can analyze the quality of uh, public speeches uh, for the benefit of public speakers that can then uh, improve our uh, speaking performance. So uh, live uh, live uh, voice applications will be quite big, I think. Uh, not to mention the, the, uh, the new capabilities Google uh, showed off earlier this year where we have an AI robot that can actually uh, initiate outgoing phone calls and have uh, voice correspondence with people um, uh, automatically. That will probably uh, make a lot of call center agents uh, redundant, I think, in the next few years. Hmm. Maybe maybe let's take a, take a really quick step back here. AI, artificial intelligence, is a term that I think a lot of people hear. It's uh, you know it's in the news all the time now. I think there's some uh, some fear around it. There's excitement around it. Can you like in a very succinct way just define what we mean by AI? I will try. Uh, it is a little bit hard because there are no clear definition of AI. I think and. Uh, Different people have different uh, interpretations of the term. Uh, in my mind, AI or artificial intelligence is an umbrella term for some other related technologies, for example, predictive analytics and machine learning. So when we talk about AI, we, we don't really have any true artificial intelligence yet. What we have is predictive analytics and machine learning to start with. What would true artificial intelligence actually look like? So this is where we come into the, uh, the difference between narrow uh, AI and strong AI. Uh, what we have now is narrow or weak AI, where we have software that performs numerical analysis to predict the likely outcome of something or someone. Um, and the narrow AI solutions that we have today are pre-programmed to solve a specific problem, such as finding the optimal send time of an email to a particular lead. Uh, when we talk about strong AI, uh, on the other hand, that is when we have uh, software robots that can learn to do things they haven't been pre-programmed to do at all. Uh, they may even uh, become aware of their own existence and uh, pretty much take over the world, uh, more or less. And uh, we are not there yet. Well, thankfully. Um, so <laughs> so, so I, I had heard, uh, I think not that long ago, Facebook had you know, been doing a number of things with their uh, AI initiatives and their computers or artificial intelligence applications actually did start speaking with each other and they decided to shut it down. Are you familiar with that uh, story? Yeah, two stories comes to mind. I'm not sure if uh, one of them is certainly not uh, by Facebook. The other one may be Facebook, but I can't uh, remember if that was the case. But in one case, and that is what I think you refer to as being Facebook, which it probably was, uh, was that they had... Uh, two chatbots that started to talk uh, with each other and they uh, the chatbots developed their own language such that yeah, the developers yeah. didn't anymore understand what the chatbots were talking about. Uh, that may have been uh, Facebook. The other uh, example that comes to mind is uh, Microsoft Tay, which was a uh, Twitter chatbot that uh, Microsoft launched in 2016. 
and Tay uh, learned the lingo of people it uh, chatted it with. So uh, because uh, a lot of um, uh, racists started to chat with the Microsoft Tay Twitter robot and having racist discussions with it, Tay uh, itself became racist and uh, shouted extremely offensive Nazi uh, comments uh, out on the internet. So Microsoft had to shut down Tay after 16 hours only. Wow. Would you say were those uh, were those examples truer uh, illustrations of what artificial intelligence might actually be with that stronger definition that you were talking about, or is that still further from that? That is still not true or strong AI. That is still narrow AI because there are still software code that decides that they are chatbots. They didn't start to take over the finance department uh, booking, for example. Uh, but uh, it is examples of how, how things can go a little bit uh, wrong. Right. Well, as long as uh, technology has been around, bugs have been happening. Mm. Um, <laughs> and as long as Dean has been on this show, problems have been happening for me. <laughs> Another quite famous example is uh, uh, one American retail chain. I think it was Target, uh, but I can't remember exactly. Uh, who used predictive analytics to, to detect who was likely going to, to become pregnant or who, who was pregnant based on their purchase patterns. And um, they actually sent um, marketing literature to pre pregnant women, to a teenage girl who were uh, still living at home with her parents. And the dad became very upset and said, but obviously my little daughter isn't pregnant. But he later found out that she actually was pregnant and uh, that is also an example of how uh, AI algorithms or predictive analytics algorithms can become a little bit too successful and actually <laughs> succeed in targeting people very, very uh, precise uh, to a point where they actually destroy people's life. Wow. Well, there you have it, Dean. Yeah. <laughs> Be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Be very afraid. So let's, let's uh, stop with the scary stuff for a little bit here. Mm. Let's talk more about the uh, the applications and like marketing automation and things like that. So, so right now, you know, most of the businesses that I come in contact with are interested in high quality lead generation, relevant nurture, and uh, and other types of things that lead to a conversion event and uh, you know a, pro a profitable uh, you know relationship with a customer over the lifetime of that customer. What sort of things come to your mind that we could do today um, that could help with uh, lead gen and targeting, conversion or nurture, and then and then conversion and things like that? So in terms of attracting leads, there are many different uh, AI-based tools that help with content marketing. So tools for content strategy, tools for auto-create or semi-auto-create copy, uh, content curation tools that uses AI to find uh, other uh, people's content that is of value to share, content repurposing tools, for example. Um, if you move a little bit uh, further down into the marketing funnel, we have conversion ratio optimization or CRO, where we want people to submit their information in a, in a lead registration form or check out in the web shop. Uh, in CRO, there are very interesting tools using AI to help improve the conversion ratio. For example, there are AI-based tools that can auto-generate thousands of different design variations of the same landing page. And they use genetic algorithms to find out whether or not a new uh, design alternative uh, is, is a good base for further redefined uh, design uh, proposals. And these tools not only 
generate hundreds or thousands of different design variations of the same landing page, for example, changing the button color or the, the font or the imagery. Uh, but they also measure um, massively uh, parallel uh, multivariation testing uh, exactly what design changes seem to improve the, the um, conversion ratio. And if you send it enough traffic, perhaps it tries a few thousand different design alternatives and find uh, the winning landing page that have tens of tens of percents of better conversion ratio than the original uh, draft. So that is one thing. Uh, you also have in terms of CRM, for example, there are uh, tools that uh, uses AI to enrich the data about leads and, and uh, prospect companies. So they harvest information from the internet about people and companies. For example, there are customer sentiment analysis. So you can find out if someone seems to be Positive to your brand, um, predictive lead scoring is something that comes into many traditional marketing automation systems now. Previously, we could design a manual algorithm that tried to gauge uh, or guesstimate how how close someone was to buy, uh, per, for example, based on the number of uh, page views or, or website visits or whether or not they attended a webinar or downloaded a PDF or something. So traditionally, we have used manual lead scoring algorithms, but now predictive lead scoring <coughs> comes into use, and they use AI technologies or predictive uh, analytics to guess, uh, basically guess, who is uh, close to buying now. And they do that by comparing the digital behavior of people who later became paying customers with a new lead who is not yet a customer. And if a new lead seems to have the same behavior pattern as people who later became paying customers, then we can predict that this person is between 0 to 100% uh, ready to buy. And you can use that to drive marketing automation logic, for example. Anyone who have reached a 25% lead score, you can send a email sequence with a soft sales message. Those who have reached 50% lead score, you can send a stronger sales message. And anyone actually passing 75% of lead score, you can auto-create a to-do task in the calendar uh, of a CRM system and have a sales guy make a manual sales call to that guy. So that is a few examples. Our examples are uh, predictive content and content personalization to, to deepen the relationship with people prior to buy. So nurturing, email nurturing, for example. Related products here are AI-based recommendation engines and AI-based product search engines in large e-commerce web shops, for example. Uh, but there are even, and this is quite interesting, uh, there are even AI-based tools that can analyze and optimize and personalize the customer journey for each individual lead. So dependent on what someone has done and what similar people have done, uh, this tool can uh, change the, the um, recommended customer journey and uh, initiate different types of outreach and provide different email content or offer different lead magnets or PDF files for download, etc. Um, and these customer journeys are then adaptive, so they can change uh, dependent on how each individual person behaves. That's interesting. So, so go back, going back to the uh, predictive lead scoring and and that sort of thing. I'm mm -hmm. ob obviously, you know, having been in marketing for a while, um, you know, I'm familiar with lead scoring. But up until now, for what we've done, it has been a manual effort, right? We've been the ones to define the different, you know, scoring brackets and things like that. What are the tools that people might be able to look into that could help them? And I'm asking this question very, very selfishly. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> 
<laughs> which is how I do most things on the show. What tools would be available to you know either plug into your existing CRM or augment it or replace it to actually help do that in a more uh, automated fashion? There are uh, traditional marketing automation system and systems that have this as a built-in standard functionality. Uh, HubSpot, for example, do in their enterprise uh, edition. Uh, Marketo and, uh, and other high-end marketing automation systems do as well. There are also independent or standalone uh, software solutions that just do the uh, predictive lead scoring. Uh, for example, Infer. Uh, and I think also a company called uh, Oxford Circle or Cambridge Circle that do a similar thing. Uh, but these uh, independent tools are very high-end. So I think uh, the easiest solution probably would be to use a marketing automation system like HubSpot uh, because some of those systems have predictive lead scoring built in. Got it. And how good is it? I mean, is it like... How how accurate have people found it to be? Oh, that depends on many factors, uh, including how much data you have uh, in the database. Um, so AI algorithms are trained from data, and the more data you have, the, the better the algorithm. It also depends on how your specific uh, audience behaves. I think that we, uh, so far, can use it as a tool. Uh, it is probably better than manual lead scoring algorithms because they are certainly not perfect either. But we shouldn't assume that the lead score of a specific person automatically is exactly 72% uh, close to buying, if that is what the lead scoring algorithm says. But it gives a good guesstimate, and it uh, gauges the overall interest level, let's say. So perhaps you shouldn't care about if someone is 25 or 27% uh, sales uh, ready. But uh, if someone is 25% versus 75% or 50%, at least, then, then you can put them in, di- in different buckets with different nurturing uh, sequences or different sales follow-up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so as far as uh, as far as some of the stuff that you talk about in uh, in your book, what are uh, what are some of the highlights that that people should know about um, you know marketing automation and AI as it exists today and how they can apply things to their business? I think there are two key points I would like to convey. One is that AI is here now. Um, AI will be absolutely everywhere in marketing and there's no way to escape it. Uh, if you do, you will die. Um, and pretty much every marketer or, or business owner or company will use AI within the next three to five years for sure. Um, but they don't really need to worry about how it all works because it will be hidden functionalities un- underneath the bonnet of uh, the software tools they already use. So they don't really need to be AI specialists for the most part. The second thing I would like to uh, propose is that uh, so far, um, AI insights have been based on on data from how people behave. So we monitor leads and customers and draw insights from that. Um, But there are are only 10 billion or so people on the planet. Uh, Very soon, we will have 1 trillion internet-connected machines, IoT devices or Internet of Things devices. And these uh, 1 trillion devices will generate a huge amount of data, far more than than the 10 billion or so people on the earth. And when we start to harvest insights from the data generated by machines, we can uh, get completely new insights that can transform marketing uh, quite dramatically. Say, for example, I can give two examples, one uh, B2C and one B2B. Say, for example, that you connect your bathroom scale to, to internet. Weight watching clubs, for example, can monitor the weight watching uh, 
uh, weight change patterns of someone and compare it to other people. And for example, uh, realize that this specific person will likely gain weight four weeks down the road because other people with similar weight change patterns also gain weight four weeks later on. So we could start to send them emails through different uh, training uh, programs or even healthier food. In the B2B space, for example, we can connect the ball bearings of windmills to the internet and measure the, uh, the vibrations and heat in the windmills. And uh, using something called predictive maintenance, we can detect that a particular piece of machinery will likely break down in three or four weeks' time. So we can offer that customer uh, who owns that machine you built um, uh, spare parts in advance or service visits in advance, even preventing the machine from breaking down in the first place. And then one trillion machines becomes internet connected. We can find so much more insights about how they are used and operate. And that will drive a lot of uh, marketing automation logic in the future, I think. We will also have uh, other interesting effects when, when um, machines become internet connected and used in marketing. So, for example, when a coffee machine or when the, uh, the washing machine will detect automatically that it needs to be refilled with coffee beans or detergent. The machine will actually order the replacement uh, automatically. So it will order new coffee beans or new detergent automatically. And it will do so from the supplier that the machine vendor have decided. So the question then to marketeers is, how will you market your coffee beans or your uh, detergent to machines that are pre-programmed to buy automatically buy uh, a competing brand? So I think there are, there are many transformations or disruptions that will come in the industry due to technology, techno, technical uh, advancements in the near future. So in that, in that particular case, does that, um, does that trend sort of lean in the direction that hardware providers are going to be the things that really what marketers use? I think that uh, at least if you turn it the other way around, if you are a hardware provider or a, or a product manufacturer, you have all sorts of interesting possibilities onwards in terms of automatic marketing and automatic upselling, cross-selling, uh, nurturing to your customer base. Well, because I could see almost a situation in that uh, scenario that you described with the coffee, the coffee maker, where in in our world today, you know, the the goal is to get uh, you know a lead magnet or a tripwire into your customers' hands, and you don't even really care like if you make money on that, right? Mm-hmm. And and in that situation, it's almost like what the you know the the printer guys. Uh, with you know the laser and inkjet printers have been doing for years and years, although they didn't dictate who you buy the printer cartridges from to a certain extent. Mm. But they didn't; they don't really make money on the hardware necessarily. They make money on all the refills. Yes, um, and and, I, and is that is that sort of uh, you know where where some hardware with replenishable um, things inside of it might be going? I think so, but I think it might be taken one step further. You might not even buy the printer or the coffee machine. You will probably rent it as a monthly subscription service and you get the machine kind of for free or as part of a subscription. And the machine will make sure that it is already uh, always filled up with enough coffee beans and detergent and you don't need to worry. The, the, uh, the uh, replacement products just show up on your door automatically. I just, I just remembered. I, I think, I think our printer in the office here does that. Hmm. Does it really? The printer will order its own ink when it runs low. Yeah, so we will see a lot more of that, I think. And and what hasn't been used so far is is uh, a massive or widespread use of that information uh, for marketing. Uh, but I think we will see a lot more products um, generating data that will will trigger marketing automation logic in the future. Hmm. Really interesting. I mean, I guess that has uh, that's pretty significant implications for 
e-commerce as a whole if that you know is taken to its you know far extreme yes i can just mention that uh, the biggest e-commerce company in the world amazon uh, quite recently purchased uh, an operating system, uh, the basic software uh, that is used in most of the IoT devices being designed now and onwards. And most people thought that Amazon being a web shop bought an operating system software that goes into electronic boards to machine manufacturers because they wanted to sell the data hosting in their cloud center, data center services. But I think that they want to give away this piece of software for free such that machine manufacturers will use Amazon software in all the billions of machines they manufacture. And you can guess where those machines will buy their additional products from. Hmm. Interesting. Fascinating. Yeah, an Amazon uh, further steps for Jeff Bezos taking over the world. So, so Amazon may end up in millions of different products. Uh, so Amazon control the software in millions of of, uh, of products de- designed and manufactured by other companies. And if Amazon so choose, they can enable. Uh, I, I don't think they have so far, but they can enable that software to start to to make autonomous purchases on the uh, Amazon web shop in the future. Which will change the dynamics uh, of uh, of the industry, obviously, quite dramatically. Well, there you have it. Anyone in e-commerce, you might as well just close your doors now. Then I think that's what we can just say. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, these are some. Oh, uh, these are some of the things that I actually mentioned in, in my latest book on on uh, AI driven marketing. So I go a little bit more about uh, beyond just marketing with AI and and look also into how the, uh, the industry may change due to other technical revolutions, such as Internet of Things. So I think it's quite interesting. How how far uh, t- time horizon? Like you know the the coffee beans and like all that stuff that we're talking about here. Like how how uh, how far out into the future do you think this is before it becomes mainstream and widespread? If I were in charge of a company producing that sort of product, I would make sure that was built in this year or previous year already. Um, so I expect, expect that a large number of products will have this capability at least in the next within the next three years. Uh, I think uh, that creates a fantastic lock-in effect as well for the vendor. Oh, completely! Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, fa- fascinating. Yeah, that's that's an entirely different business model. The hardware is leased on subscription, and everything just gets reordered, and the customer doesn't even have to think about it anymore. Mm. I like it. Yeah, very cool. Um, so, uh, so Magnus, where uh, where can people find a copy of your book if they're interested in reading more about AI and marketing automation and how these two things sort of uh, dovetail together to create um, disruptive uh, opportunities in some cases, and um, you know, just to uh, sort of sharpen their swords on what to expect. So, my book on on marketing with AI is called uh, Data Driven Marketing with Artificial Intelligence, and that book is available on. Uh, on Amazon in both um, ebook and print of course. formats. <laughs> uh, I can give uh, give the listeners to this podcast uh, one of my other books for free. Uh, it's called Mastering Online Marketing. It's a 240-page PDF on uh, marketing automation. And to download that book for free, um, you can go to unemeyer.com forward slash get book. Awesome. And that is unemyr.com forward slash get book. All right. Awesome. Uh, well, this, this is really interesting. I think, uh, I think I will definitely be thinking about this conversation, uh, for a little while 
Dean, do you have uh, do you have any other questions uh, for Magnus or anything else you want to share before we no go? No more questions. I think it's uh, I think it's been a, a very intriguing look into the future and possibly something that not many people are thinking too far about yet. I'd imagine. Um, yeah, so it's been a it's been an interesting show. I say. Yeah, I sort of suspect that's true, especially in uh, you know some of the circles that we run in. Yeah. I think everyone is. Uh, not necessarily looking at some of these longer term technology trends and how they might disrupt sure. and impact some of the things that are happening. I think right as far now. as anyone's gone is like Alexa or Siri. That's, that's maybe like the only awareness <laughs> right. they have of something like this even existing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I know, I know a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, people that we know are, you know, focused on, you know, continuity programs and subscription models and, and things like that. But, you know, if you can, you know, kind of get into this, uh, this mindset of, you know, hardware that could reorder on its own and lease and lease the hardware. That's pretty interesting. And, and you know what, why not use Amazon's operating system to power it? Yeah. For anyone interested to learn more about that, it's called free autos. Uh, but I have to say that currently, to my knowledge, it doesn't have a capability for automatic reordering on Amazon Web Shop. But I see that coming uh, given uh, given the capabilities of Amazon. Uh, and, and why would they actually buy that operating system in the first place if they wouldn't have uh, been thinking about this kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, fascinating. Well, Magnus, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for... Uh, your uh, your generous offer to give people a copy of your uh, your marketing automation book for those of you guys who are interested in uh, getting a copy of that go to unmeyer.com forward slash get book that's u n e m y r dot com forward slash get book and you can find out more about uh, that there or you can check out uh, Magnus's book on data driven marketing uh, and artificial intelligence on Amazon. Um, we appreciate you being here. We uh, also thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, we love our listeners. I think we've got a few now. Like we've got Dean, his mom. Uh, evidently, Magnus listens to the show. Um, so we're really uh, we're really moving up. I think more in uh, probably a couple more months. I'm not going to be able to count our listeners on one hand, which is very exciting uh, for all of us here. And uh, Dean, uh, it's as always uh, fascinating doing a show with you. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> thank you for all of your many, many comments on today's show. I, I, I just couldn't get you to shut up. And, uh, you know, I just appreciate all of that. Well, I was just frantically <laughs> scribbling down notes so that I could uh, get to the forefront of this technology. <laughs> so that you won't be replaced by a robot in right. a year's time. Um, yeah. <laughs> Same here. All right. Well, that'll be a wrap for us today. This is James P. Friel signing off for me and my co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, another episode of Just Tips. We will talk with you guys soon. Later. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.